1: Today, we are being joined by Josh Haugen, Business Development. For a Greco. I'd like to tell you about a couple of things that are happening. First of all, please be sure to join us. at Shale and San Antonio Pipeliners Association for our midstream mixer happening in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in town for the Doug Conference, September 24th from 545 to 745, we'd love to have you come and join us. We'll have an excellent opportunity for some networking as well as some scrumptious food from Fogo de Chao along with a couple of cocktails. For more information, please visit our Facebook page, Shell Magazine, or go to shellmag.com and you can get your tickets there. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show.
2: Hey, it's a beautiful
1: day in Texas. It sure is. You know, David, uh, there's a lot going on, as usual, but a little bit more serious, in my opinion, with what's happening in Iran and, of course, the bombing of the refineries in Saudi Arabia. So I think the thing we've received tons and tons of emails on this question, social media has been uh Really going nuts on uh, shells page and my personal page, inquiring on the Middle East and uh, the growing conflict between Saudi Arabia and Iran. I want to ask your opinion on Americans don't seem to understand why this is a, so important. So let's start with that. Of obviously, we're going to see a little bit more pain at the gas pump, but overall, what is the biggest? Situation and problem, in your opinion, that we need to be looking out for.
2: You know, we need to be mindful of how Saudi Arabia and and the United States ultimately respond to this latest provocation. And and uh, you know, Saudis and the U.S. military have been working together to to figure out exactly what weapons were used and where they originated from. And they, you know, they have. Uh, the remains of these uh, both cruise missiles and drones that were used in the attack. And they're able to basically get into the insides of these cruise missiles and reverse engineer them to determine exactly where they came from. And so it appears, at least as of now, that that Iran did uh, launch these attacks on the Saudi facility and several of the big Saudi oil fields. And uh, their motivations for that uh, don't appear to be very rational, um, but that's what they did. And, you know, the markets initially responded with a big run up in crude prices, and then they kind of softened uh, as it became evident that that the Saudis would be able to restore most of this lost production. They initially took five million barrels a day offline. Uh, They're going to be able to restore most of that over the next week or two. At least that's what they're saying. And as long as that happens we're probably not going to have a a lot bigger increase in crude prices from from where they're sitting right now all that though depends on ultimately how does the u.s and and saudi arabia respond to this is there going to be a military strike on iran And some of their assets, you know, in a kind of proportional response or will the United States just stick with uh, increasing sanctions on Iran and trying to avoid any kind of military conflict, which has been, you know, President Trump's uh, goal here is to to avoid getting the U.S. uh, engaged in another military conflict over
1: there. Exactly. Now, let's drill down, though, because I don't think the average person really understands, oh, that's over there in the Middle East, and uh, why is it affecting me? And I know we're going to spend a little bit more at the gas pumps, but I think the important thing that Americans really don't understand is that if we didn't have our own fracking going on here, and we're yep. talking about a global commodity that is absolutely necessary all over the world. So, I mean, this is like a pay attention moment when we talk about the Green New Deal and the environmentalists that are the, the nutty environmentalists that want to take everything offline. This should serve as a great opportunity to run this through your head. This is only five <laughs> yeah. percent. Now, uh, and we're just going to experience a little bit at the gas pumps that we normally would have a much bigger issue if fracking wasn't going on here in the world. I want you to talk about this. Like, think about if we didn't have fracking going on, where would we be right now if this had happened and it was 5% or even greater?
2: This is the biggest sudden outage of crude oil in world history according to the energy information administration this is a bigger outage of crude oil than we experienced in the 1970s in the two Arab oil embargoes and we all remember
1: that one when we were lined yeah. up for gas for hours and yeah. hours and
2: it and and the reason we were lined up in gas in gas lines for hours because we were importing half of our crude oil daily needs we were a net importer of about 50 percent just 10 years ago we were a net importer of 60% of all the oil we use in the United States. Today, we're a net importer of just even less than 10% of what we use. And so that's all due to hydraulic fracturing and the development of these shale resources around the country. And had we not had fracking, and if we lose fracking because we elect one of these crazy Democrats that wants to ban it as soon as they get into office... Uh, we're going to go right back to being dependent on, on all this oil coming from the Middle East. And and presidents then will have no choice but to respond militarily to this kind of provocation from Iran or whoever else it is. We'll have no choice because we have we will have to keep the Persian Gulf open to all that tanker traffic. And right now, the United States is there. We have a presence there to protect our interests. But Keeping that oil flowing from the Middle East is not the kind of pressing priority that it was just 10 years ago. So everyone needs to realize that.
1: Right. It's not as vital to cause us to go into war. But I think the other part, though, that is, you know, so simplified, if you're looking, if we're dependent on foreign oil or we are making it here, what is the difference? We all live in one world so if we're going to go down a path of climate change and we need to stop the whole fossil fuel extraction, so is your point that we should get it from Saudi Arabia versus United States? Because last time I checked, we were all on one planet. And global warming is or climate change or whatever you want to call it affects the whole entire planet. Am I does, seeing things yeah.
2: differently? Yeah. And as you said a minute ago, I mean, everybody on the planet uses petroleum. I mean, it's it's the most vital resource on the planet. It, it really is even today, and it will continue to be in the, the foreseeable future. Um, and so we in the United States are much better off, much more energy secure. And that's an important distinction. We keep hearing people say we're energy independent. We're not completely energy independent, right. but we are far Getting more closer. energy secure today than we were just a few years ago and and that's important for us it's important for national security it's important for prices at the gas pump and it's important for everybody in this country so uh, this is a real like you said this is a real teaching moment here and hopefully people you know are going to wake up and realize when they hear elizabeth warren saying she's going to ban hydraulic fracturing the first day she takes office well Hmm. then maybe it's not such a good idea for her to
1: take office maybe she should go to iran and try to run over there (laughs) what does it it mean at the pumps though for for consumers what can we expect in the upcoming weeks i mean i know we we reposted what your post was go fill up it's getting ready to happen you know you're going to feel an increase at the pump but what can consumers expect in the next coming weeks what do you think will happen
2: yeah well and we have had uh uh Kind of a minor increase in gasoline prices as you know the more expensive crude with these higher prices begins to be refined and make its way to the gas stations over the next couple of weeks we're probably going to see some more increases at the pump but unless we see some other kind of event that upsets the markets and sends oil prices a lot higher uh, it's you know, the gasoline price increase is probably going to be fairly limited to maybe ten, twenty cents a gallon. Uh, and hopefully that'll be all it is. But you know, uh, again, it, it so much depends on how the United States and Saudi Arabia respond to this and uh, whether or not there's any kind of an extended armed conflict over
1: it. So uh, a last question and a quick answer. Is it your opinion that because of what's happened, if this was, of course, uh, maybe five years ago, we'd be probably having to gear up and go to war, and it's not the same as much now. Uh, But is there going to be military intervention from the United States coming
2: I hope not. Uh, and of course, the president was elected on a promise not to do that or to avoid it, if, if at all possible. Uh, but so much just depends on, you know, what the what his advisors are telling him, what the, our intelligence agencies are telling him. And, and hopefully he's getting proper and accurate information to make an ultimate decision. I but he doesn't want to. I mean, his his inclination is to avoid any further military conflicts in the middle east and he will do everything he can to avoid that
1: well let's hope that because of fracking here in the united states we have just diverted war if you will david thank you so much for being on this week and we look forward to having you on next week
0: Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In The Oil Patch radio show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO, that's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O.
3: Join us Saturday, October 19th at Sam Houston Park for the 9th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and a whole lot of fun. Enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is brought to you by BHP, Golden Pass LNG, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation and Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit Energy Remember this name,
0: Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard to find oil filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, Call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
1: And now it's time to bring on our guest, Josh Haugen, who is with Agreco. Josh, you are the business development, sales, and marketing leader for Agreco. Welcome to End the Oil Patch Radio Show. How are you?
4: Very good. Happy to be here.
1: You know, we caught up with you at our State of Energy, and we were glad that we were able to partner with Agreco. You guys are doing some amazing things, and it really is a great treat for us to kind of talk about the company, because there's a lot going on with Agreco. It's this, you know, mega global powerhouse, if you will. But you guys have really, really, really been able to capitalize, in my opinion, on a very detailed oriented industry which of course is oil and gas so I want to get started tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with Agreco can you go into detail as far as what your job entails?
4: Sure so I'm a part of a uh, a team within the U.S. and actually globally that hyper focuses on the oil and gas industry.
1: Let's get started with a little bit about I want to jump into like the topic of what specifically is Agreco doing when we talk about the industry this year if you look around the industry you've seen lately, um, there's been a lot of changes. Out of curiosity, are you able to tell me some of the trends that you see going on as far as um, in oil and gas? Are there some really big things that are happening that you're seeing? What are the trends?
4: Sure. Yeah. Um, so globally, the energy sector is going through a major transition. Um, the challenge today is to find the optimal way to secure more energy affordably and sustainably. You know, back in July, the EIA estimated that August natural gas output would increase year over year in each of the seven major regions. That's on pace to top uh, 2018, excuse me, production record. Much of the increases are coming from the Appalachia, which is becoming the country's top producing gas region by tapping into the Marcellus and Utica shale formations. But regions like West Texas, where EMPs aim for crude are also flooding the market with gas that is produced as a byproduct of oil extraction. In the Permian Basin, for example, the EIA estimates that gas output will be 21% higher than it was last August, simply because producers are drilling more. One issue is that little of the Permian gas is being produced because drillers set out to produce gas. 92% of all production activity in the state is aimed at oil, according to the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers Texas Petro Index, meaning most of the gas is associated gas from the oil uh, production process. You know, there was a Bloomberg article recently that stated prices for gas coming out of the Permian have dipped into negative territory multiple times this year, meaning producers were paying customers to take their gas. and. Uh, there was a, a, a June 4th report that Rice State Energy did reporting flaring and venting of natural gas in the Permian Basin in Texas and New Mexico reached a new all-time high for the first quarter in 2019, averaging as much as 661 million cubic feet per day. In the interim, some producers in the Permian are facing a difficult decision, even as oil production continues to rise to record levels. Regulations in Texas and New Mexico make it difficult For producers to flare associated gas meaning high yield wells may have to be shut in since the gas they produce has nowhere to go
1: and that is a big discussion there's been a lot of discussion on that what to do with it is it cost-effective to capture it we know that there are some abilities to do that but it also it doesn't necessarily always make sense to do that and so as we see this Um, What do you see the oil and gas industry leading to in the future to be able to deal with this problem, you know, in 2020 or in the future?
4: We're anticipating and responding to mega trends of decarbonization, decentralization and digitization in our markets. That on top of uh, the, the country's aging electrical infrastructure or really lack of electrical infrastructure are hurdles we're positioning our customers to overcome. Positioning the oil and gas industry and ourselves for the future, we pioneer developments in solar thermal hybrid technology, next-generation gas engines, increasing the overall efficiency of our engines, and introducing energy storage specialists, allowing customers to compete in the energy market of the future. Uh, we have identified the opportunities these trends present to establish strength in providing modular temporary power via maximum fuel flexibility using gas, diesel, renewable sources, and microgrid and energy storage solutions.
1: You know, one of the things that has been to me impressive about Agreco is the diversity that you guys have. And then also just the ability for not every company. There's a lot of companies that I think kind of think that they specialize in power. But they have no solutions for when they had a problem, uh, a, an operator, say, or, or a service company, someone who's needing power. And it's something that hasn't been done before. And they really lack the insight to be able to, you know, look at what the problems are and come up with a really valid solution that, of course— makes sense for everyone. Um, Most, of, of course, importantly, trying new techniques and new things. And I think that's kind of how things get discovered to begin with is, you know, you see a need, don't know how to really fulfill it. And then you turn to someone with a lot of experience that you know, like, okay, you may not know exactly how to fix this problem, but your team and you will get to work on it and figure that out. And so, of course, what we're seeing is, and, and I want to get into that in the show, but we're seeing a lot from you guys of creating uh, and taking a problem and then coming up with a solution. Uh, a very interesting time because I think that every shell play, you'll probably agree, while they're the same, they tend to be different. Some are more rural than others. Some lack the basic resources like we saw with Eagle Ford and Permian and uh, in some areas. So... It really does take an experienced type of company to come in, and look at what the problems are, and then come up with solutions. When we get back from break, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about uh, batteries. You know, it's been a, it's taken a a big part of the discussion media wise, and so I want to get your opinion on uh, where Greco is heading in that area, as well as you know what's just going on in the battery world. But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to the Wall Patrick Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
0: Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In The Oil Patch radio show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O.
3: Join us Saturday, October 19th at Sam Houston Park for the 9th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and a whole lot of fun. Enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is brought to you by BHP, Golden Pass LNG, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Josh Haugen, business development for Agreco uh, now Josh before the break we were talking about of course what is happening here with oil and gas what you see happening in the future with of course powering and, and let's switch gears to another source of power which of course is the very popular discussion and topic on battery and battery storage um, and how energy uh, is distributed and how it's becoming a major factor in oil fills, or is this uh, Finally, make, working its way out and becoming the norm. So, talk to me about battery storage. What are we seeing? How?
4: So, for our clients, we want po- uh, power generation to be as efficient, as clean, and as reliable as possible. Right. That's why we've uh, that's why we've included renewables and battery storage to our offering. We want to be at the front of the push for a decarbonized future. Solar and wind power produce power at very low costs. Okay, and, and power uh, and And uh, our battery energy storage equipment can help overcome the intermittent nature of renewable generation, creating cleaner power solutions and maintaining our excellent reputation for reliable energy.
1: For someone who's not very familiar with um, the energy sector and just kind of trying to understand, when you talk about these battery storages. I know when we talk about utility companies, they have, if it's a home, they have uh, it usually connected in their garage or some form of a system that is capturing. Go into detail. What does it look like at a Greco battery storage? Is it an actual unit? Is it a facility? Is it a machine? What is it, that, it what, that we would find? Or is it all different when you look at from site to site?
4: Yeah, it's no, that's a very good question. So because for Agraco, since we're a global, global company, we try to make all of our equipment as mobile as possible. It could be in West Texas one day, and it could be up in Canada the next day, and you know, everywhere else in between. So making it very mobile and containerized, that you could put it on a ship, you could put it on a plane, you could truck it from Houston to, to Midland or Corpus Christi is, is, a, is a big thing just for our company globally. Would it? what the solution looks like and what it could look like that that brings the second piece of it uh, scalability. So you want to be able to ramp it up very quickly and deploy it very quickly. And you also want to be able to, in essence, come take your toys and and uh, and take them back when they're no longer needed. So we design uh, when it comes to batteries, we design these things to be modular and parallelable. So you can stack as much energy storage next to each other as you want. And if you don't need it anymore, you can start taking it away. The unique thing about energy storage is, and just the renewables in general, for most renewables, is they're not always on. So the wind isn't always uh, blowing and right. the sun isn't always out. So having these, this scalable battery solution allows you to put more storage. So when the wind is really blowing, just for, for lack of better words, we can store that excess energy for the times that the wind isn't blowing. And when the sun's really out and it's a really sunny day, we can store that excess energy that we may not be using and use it for times that the sun isn't
1: out. And I kind of think, you know, you're hitting on something that we've talked about numerous times on the show. We've done a lot of stories um, with Show Magazine specifically on this topic and how there's a really big need to capture Those windy days when obviously there's a lot of wind farms, especially here in Texas, you know, uh, capturing that, capturing solar for the days that it is raining and it is not, we're without sun. But there's also, you know, been a a very big need to figure out how do we capture all of this and then, of course, use it. And uh, so, to the point earlier when we were talking about natural gas and flaring and the need for us to find a way of capturing that where it's efficient, right, uh, for the operator, mm-hmm. but then obviously being able to store it and use it to some capacity. And it's kind of neat. I've seen and done a couple of stories on a couple of, of companies that are, that are fairly new at it that are operators that are trying some different things that are out there that are uh, taking some of that and um, maybe repowering just a small component that's embedded in there. But it's good to see that everybody's kind of moving into that you know, way of thinking about recycling the majority of the products that are coming out from the well site. When we get back from break, you guys did an amazing uh, project. It's actually the biggest project you guys have done in North America and uh, I want you to tell me a little bit about that because from my understanding, it's the first of its kind. But We are going to set ourselves up to go to break real quick. When we return, I want to give you time to talk about that. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back.
0: Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- Four seven one one nine two three, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Now, Josh, before the break, we covered, you know, what are the industry trends that you're seeing when when we talk about power? And we also talked about battery storage and how Agreco is really, you know, specializing in battery storage and capturing resources. I want to talk about a really great project that you guys have actually been working on. And tell us about you guys have the largest power project in North America in a great portfolio. So tell us a little bit about what is it and what are you guys really doing? And what is it that is so first of its kind?
4: It has been an exciting time. It's it's enjoyable and stressful all all at the same time. It is a, uh, as of right now, um, roughly 26 megawatts of clean natural gas helping provide uh, power to a cryogenic plant in West Texas. So some of the specifics uh, of it were uh, we were approached by a customer that needed power for their plant very quickly. Um, most Like most of West Texas, there's a lack of electrical infrastructure. And just because the electrical infrastructure is there doesn't necessarily mean it's always as reliable uh, as it should be, especially in mission-critical applications like a plant. You really, really don't want that thing to go down. So uh, before utility was available, we were actually able to install uh, our modular system, scaling it up, ramping it up gradually to what what we see today and actually have the capability to ramp even further depending on need. It's been it's been truly successful. It's been a nice it's a nice win for everybody.
1: I wanted to know some of the unique characteristics about the project and uh, and how do they come about because when I look at you know over the past 10 years of Eagle Ford's birth, You know, it started off, resources were limited, of course, which was a huge part that you guys played in powering up these things quickly, but I don't think that the general public really understands. They don't really get out to a rig site, understand how limited the resources are. When an operator is down, service company, they, the work can't get done. We're talking about losing not just man hours and, and and people are out of work, but I mean, there's millions of dollars here that, that, that are losing by something being down. And If it's an operational type of uh, rig, I think that there's uh, reasons why it's absolutely necessary it stays up for safety purposes so you know as we look and and you said you know first of all it's working around natural gas i happen to be a huge fan of natural gas it is a clean mm. burning fuel it should be a, in my opinion it's a resource that should be really really utilized in the future i i do like of course and i'm not saying i don't like any energy uh that we're using alternative energy clean clean i don't I don't think I'm necessarily saying I'm endorsing the Green New Deal. That's not what I'm saying either, so I just want to clarify that. But Mm -hmm. it is all about all the different resources that are available and being open to them, and I think the industry as a whole is. But when we talk about natural gas and being able to utilize that, cutting-edge technologies and companies that are taking advantage of that versus maybe using some other, you know, a little bit older fuel resources that may not burn as clean, what are the unique characteristics of the project that, that you guys are talking about specifically in North America, and how did they come about? I'm assuming by trial and error, that uh, these you know characteristics came around.
4: You're spot on. Um, due to, like, like I mentioned earlier, due to the reported increased flaring, you're beginning to see more and more less wasteful alternatives resurging. So through an engineered approach, like you like you just mentioned, uh, and what we talked about earlier. By drilling, one of the byproducts is this gas. And if you don't have anywhere to push this gas out to, um, one of the quick ways is to flare it. But it, like you mentioned, it, it's wasteful. It's energy that we can use, and a lot of operators are taking advantage of that. So the Permian is filling its temporary power void while using more advanced emissions controls as seen on, on that 26 megawatt system. For temporary power stations and facilities that use generators, a reduction in acidic emissions by switching from diesel-fueled units to cleaner-burning natural gas is surging. So that's you're really you're seeing uh, it, it. Definitely, is a trend because it's it. You can track it that more and more uh, people are thinking smart. They're getting lean, and they're recognizing you know uh, where the waste is, how we can contribute environmentally, and how we can contribute to our bottom line by utilizing everything that's available uh, and at our disposal just at the well site or just at the production site. So when, when you also look at that, that, 26 megawatt, um, that 26 megawatt project in West Texas, one of the unique things about it besides it being scalable and gradually being able to ramp up or reduce power is some of the SCR emissions reduction technology that's, that's being used. And for those that aren't necessarily familiar with an SCR or what it's capable of doing, um, I think the biggest thing that people would want to know or like hearing about is the 90 uh, percent reduction of NOx emissions that's capable through an FCR system. Um, with this particular 26 megawatt site, um, it's very remote <laughs> and there's, you know, little to no infrastructure as of today. Now, as, as it progresses and expands, more infrastructure is going to come, but to get up and going, you got to think lean and mean and uh, this particular customer thinking about emissions and the length of time that they believed they would need temporary power is very straightforward and forward thinking. And I, it's fantastic that they're, that they're thinking about it. Along with that SCR uh, emissions reduction technology, you've got a custom SCADA application that's very unique to this project and very unique in general. Uh, our, our equipment itself has uh predictive analytics that we know we know what's happening with the equipment more often than not before it ever happens and when it does happen we know typically what what is happening to quickly address that so having the ability to have that information and now tying it in with the customer so they can pull that predictive analytics in with their analytics and merging that data and information together is pretty fantastic it helps with reporting it helps with just real-time data of what their assets are doing and how production is actually flowing. It just It's awesome. Just reducing, reducing that particulate matter PM, that the PM through SCRs, and that, that advanced SCADA coupled with even – man, I'm just coming up with even more and more uh, things that's so great about this project, uh, the back-sync functionality. Utility eventually will be available for this customer to use, and more often than not, our customers want to be on utility. Um, usually, it's more reliable. It can be a little bit more cost-effective in certain circumstances. Uh, but having the ability to mitigate any type of failure or "quote unquote" brownouts once utility does come uh, and back themselves up with this large system is is pretty fantastic. Where you can interchange between utility and temporary power as you see fit as as demand charges creep up in that hot sam- summer ambient months where. A lot of ACs are going and, and a lot of commercial use is happening and motors are really under stress on hot ambient temperatures. Having the ability to, to maybe disengage from the grid a little bit save a little bit of money, and utilize some of that gas, and then flip back when you need, it's pretty unique.
1: Well, and one of the things that caught my attention is the fact that you're able to give them a lot of data back that I don't necessarily think that utility companies are focusing on the way the energy industry is. And that is worth a whole lot. When we did State of Energy, there were a lot of, we talked, we had a panel of you know, technology and what's happening. And I think the service companies that are ahead on that and can offer that, that's exactly what the operators are looking for. And I don't think they offer it with utility type of companies. Maybe they might in the future as they realize that there's definitely a desire for it. But as of right now, I'm not really sure how many are really doing that. When we get back from break, I want to talk a little bit about SCADA and what is that. But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to an Oil Patch radio show, and we'll be right back.
0: Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, ma to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- Two four zero seven one eight eight.
3: Again, two ten two four zero seventy one eighty eight. Join us Saturday, October nineteenth, at Sam Houston Park for the ninth annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and fun. You can also enjoy over sixty interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is sponsored by Chevron, Technip FMC, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and the Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org.
1: back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We have caught up with Josh Haugen, who is with Agreco. Josh, before the break, talking a little bit about your big project that Agreco is doing out in the uh, Permian Basin area, or or it's the largest that you guys are doing in North America. And some of the unique characteristics about it, we were talking about how operate, I think you were kind of discussing how you'll see that eventually these operators are going to want to go on to utilities. I want to switch gears just slightly and talk about SCADA, which has been around for a while now. I want to cover what is that and then how is the system different from others and how have you seen your customers really taking advantage of some of the data that you guys have been providing them in in ways that are fairly new coming online, new technology that they're utilizing for efficiencies and things like that.
4: So you are right. SCADA has been around for, for quite some time and it's really how how things can connect and read and interact with each other, uh, in essence. I mean, there's a lot of other that goes along with it. For the project we've been talking about and customers in general, there's, there's just so much data that's available. I mean, every piece of equipment has its own behaviors. It has its own best optimal running situations and less optimal situations. And when you're in a business of trying to control your costs to go to market with a product, um, having variables come at you that you can't predict is detrimental. So the more you, in essence, the more you know, the better off you are. So with all with all these moving pieces that can go into at least the oil and gas side, and it's it's any and there's any industry in the world uh, with all these pieces that are coming into play, having the ability to have predictive analytics to know what is happening in essence being a doctor to, to, to know what's happening with your equipment and your site and your project and to make recommendations on what's happening and to um, kind of foresee what could potentially happen. It's a big deal and, and there's so much data out there. If you look at a particular upstream or even midstream site, there's, there's a lot of equipment out there and each piece of that equipment can have its own large amount of data so, how people disseminate that and look at that data and integrate it into their systems and create programs to help them right now and in the future, it's it's a big deal. it's It's a really, really big deal.
1: I would imagine it also is as um, operators, midstream companies are really just probably maybe five years into really understanding what all this new technology coming on, like artificial intelligence, and you know just all of these technical areas that are coming in and just evolving so quickly it was to me it reminds me of this you know cell phones that it started off Mm -hmm. and it just exploded and expanded we went to large phones small phones now we're back we had flip phones and now we're back to a larger phone but there's so much information in our phones so do you also see that as you guys are coming up and creating useful technology for them, specifically with the data that they can use, I would imagine that it really does help them, one, with efficiency, but also the name of the game right now is reducing admissions, looking at how they can keep good data for state and federal regulation purposes, and just really be Good operators and good keepers of that data. So um, I'm assuming you guys are also helping in those areas of getting the data that they so desperately need to to focus on all these different areas efficiently.
4: You hit it on the head. Let's take emissions. Let's unpack that for a second. People want people want to uh, be transparent and want to um, give as much information to the appropriate people as possible. So having the ability to give them that information is I mean you gotta have the ability first in order to 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 send information into let's say the TCEQ. So most operators when they when they hear that there's an opportunity to say, all right, I can actually report very, very real numbers of what my emissions are instead of modeling estimates and I can start giving that if if wanted, if any agency or any person wanted, to start giving that on demand, to, that, that's huge. Um when you look at, uh, yeah, I mean, just even that, this is mind-boggling, like, oh, what is my, what is my NOx, what is my uh, CO, um, how, how am, and then you look at performance. How am I, how am I going to uh, mitigate any potential downtime? Um, what steps can I take to prevent any type of emission downtime? What? What has worked in the past and what's that? what are the day, data sets, data points that uh, show me a very successful project? And this is the data sets. And if I have a new project, if I hit those data sets or milestones, I'm more than likely going to have a very successful project.
1: A very successful project, meaning like? Places you really wouldn't think about, which is the Permian Basin area, where it's very rural. And, you know, you're bringing up a great point, which is you look at, you know, just to see how much the oil and gas industry has transformed itself. Taking advantage of all the technology that they are developing, as well as you know technology that's coming online, and being able to utilize that data. And actually, now you know what you said was was so important to me that now they can actually take that data and not only become more efficient in helping with their numbers and collecting that data, but they're also now able to send that data and share it with you know regulatory bodies that are actually there and needing that information. So it's really, I think, in a way, helping the energy industry also become a little bit more reliable when it comes down to the looking at the data and of course helping the regulatory bodies understand you know what their data set is like what are their numbers and you know how have they been either lowering admissions or keeping up with all the information that they have to submit to them and it's just a far more reliable way of transporting uh, their information to one of these regulatory bodies so very very cool time to be in the energy industry and certainly working for companies that are on the way to Delivering high-tech data that helps them become more efficient. In all areas. Well, Josh, thank you for being a guest on the show. We really enjoyed hearing a lot about all the great things that are happening with the Greco, a global powerhouse when it comes down to oil and gas. But that is all the time we have for this week's show. We look forward to having you guys come back and join us next week on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And hey, if you like the show, be sure to like us on Facebook. That's In the Oil Patch Radio Show on Facebook. Or you can go to Shell Magazine and like that page, too. Either way, we're going to make sure that you are aware of who is the guest for this Coming up week, the shows, the studios, and the times. Until next week, adios.
0: In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Velado, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.